Support for Criminal comes from Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who switch to Progressive save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Support for Criminal comes from 1Password. If you're someone who's ever reused an old password, or you just hate creating and keeping track of new ones, then it might be time to try a password manager. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. All you have to do is remember one strong account password that protects everything else. Right now, our listeners get a free two-week trial for you and your family at onepasswordcom criminal. That's the number one, password.com slash criminal for two free weeks. OnePassword.com slash criminal. This episode picks up where last week's episode left off. If you haven't heard that one, you might want to go back and listen to them in order. Late one night in October 1993, when Travell Coleman was 18 years old, he shot a man three times. He'd been riding his bicycle around East Harlem. He'd pointed a gun at a man and tried to rob him. Travell says the man reached for the gun, and then Travell shot him. He rode away on his bicycle without knowing what had happened to the man. For years and years, he didn't tell anyone about that night. Travell never became a suspect for the shooting. He eventually signed a record deal and became a well-known rapper, He got married, had kids, but he could never stop thinking about that night in 1993. And then, in 2010, 17 years later, Travell walked into a police station and tried to turn himself in. He was 36 years old. He says the police officer he spoke with didn't take him very seriously, and Travell left. But a few weeks later, he went back, and tried again. This time, he spoke with a different officer. So he was like, all right, just wait here. So he went in, and, you know, he was taking kind of long, you know? I was like, wow, man. Okay. So then he came back out. He said, look, I want you to step in here for a minute. You know, I want to, you know, tell to you for a minute. And then I said, they put me in a room like this, you know, and then I that's when I kind of knew something had happened. Travell told them what he remembered, what the man had looked like, exactly where the shooting had happened, and what kind of gun he'd used. Then he signed a confession. The last line of the confession read, The reason I turned myself in was because I felt awful about what I did, and I wanted to make it right for this guy's family. And then afterwards, he says an assistant district attorney came in to tell him what had happened to the man. What did he tell you? He told me um, that the guy died. He was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, the guy did die that night. Well, I never forget how I felt. I was like, this, this, just his words, it was just, it just echoed like the guy died. 
The police had been able to match Travell's description of the crime to an unsolved case in their homicide logbook. The death of a 32-year-old man named John Henkel, who was shot around 1 a.m. on October 19, 1993. Travell Coleman was arrested for murder. You know, I know it sounds kind of strange, but at that point it was like, okay, well... You know, there we here we go then, you know? It kind of felt like I know I know I'm gonna be locked up, but at least mentally I won't be locked up anymore. Though, you know what I mean? I'm Phoebe Judge. This is criminal. Travell was taken to Rikers Island and held without bail. Because of his music career, his confession and arrest were discussed on music blogs, where people made fun of him for turning himself in, saying, quote, nobody does that, and what a dumbass. Travell told the New York Post, the only thing I regret is that I have to leave my kids. His daughter was 12, and his twin sons were seven. The victim, John Henkel's stepbrother, Robert Henkel, told a reporter, quote, I think he's an idiot. He has three kids and a wife. It was years and years and years ago. Finally, we're not always thinking about it. And now, it has to be dug up all again. After all this time, he should have just shut up. Travell says other people in jail with him didn't understand what he'd done either. My family kind of understood, you know, where I was coming from. But, like, other people you know, I I spoke to, you know, that really didn't know me, used to say that, you know, like, oh, why why would you do that, you know? But people that saw what I was going through, you know, all of those years, they kind of, nobody even really asked me that. They was just like, oh, wow, are you all right, you know? Travell's wife, Crystal, said in an interview, quote, he's locked up, but he's free. He's a different person now than what he was before. Despite his confession, Travell pled not guilty on the advice of his attorney, who had told him he would likely be looking at a minimum of 15 years if he pled guilty. But if he pled not guilty, he'd get a trial and the possibility of being acquitted. But the jury convicted him of second-degree murder. The prosecutor in the case, Assistant District Attorney David Drucker, was the same lawyer who'd been at the police station when Travell confessed. And he argued for Travell to get the minimum sentence. The judge in the case told Travell, quote, The circumstance of your being before the court now suggests to me a maturity and decency. What was your sentence? My sentence was uh, 15 to life. What did you think when you heard that? I mean, I I really didn't know what to feel. I just I just you know I felt like you know that was where you know my life had been headed. You know what I mean? Like I really felt like you know that was that's what you get when you you know what I mean do something like that. You know what I mean? It could have been worse. Just you know it was kind of it was kind of like it was kind of like I was going through the motions of. 
it's like it's like all of that all of this stuff that was happening seemed like it already was like it was already meant to happen so it didn't really even matter it was just like okay i know i know i'm going up north i know i'm going to do a lot of time so all of those are like just formalities to me you know it was kind of like okay you know all right i got the time now so were you relieved in any way yeah i was i was kind of relieved i was i was kind of i was kind of you know ready to you know move on so to speak you know with that whole chapter that whole you know the whole thing you know i didn't know how i was going to do that but i felt like that was going to help uh, you know some type of way after sentencing Travell was transferred to Elmira Correctional Facility in upstate New York. His mother visited, and so did Crystal, but Elmira was about four hours away from the city, so it was difficult for them to come often. In 2021, he was transferred to Fishkill Correctional Facility in Beacon, New York. That's where we spoke with him in a small visiting room. I was it, it was interested driving up here. It's a really old building. It looks like what you you'd see in the movies of what an old prison looked like. Yeah, it definitely does. It got it has a lot of areas that's like not even used, and um, you'll be like, "Wow, it looks like a, a haunted a haunted house movie or something." You know what I mean? Fishkill is a complex of old Gothic-looking brick buildings, some with steepled roofs. There's not much air conditioning. None at all in the cells. It was built in the late 1800s and was originally the Matawan State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Today, it's a medium-security prison, and Travell is one of about 1,300 people incarcerated there. A year after being transferred to Fishkill in 2022, Travell learned that the man who had prosecuted him 10 years earlier was still thinking about the case. We'll be right back. Support for Criminal comes from Astapro, who also provided us with free samples. This is my favorite time of year, even though I've had terrible allergies all my life. My mother says she always knew when I was up in the morning because she'd hear me sneeze and say, Phoebe's up. I think the most I've ever sneezed in a row is 48. It's like my nose is in control and I'm just along for the ride. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. It starts working in just 30 minutes, so you can get on with your day and be out in the sun comfortably. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Support for Criminal comes from Quince. It's spring, and you might be in the mood to get rid of some clutter. A good place as any to start is your wardrobe. Having just a few high-quality, timeless pieces of clothing feels a lot better than a closet full of stuff you're not that thrilled about. You can get some of those well-made essentials from Quince. 
Quince is a brand that offers luxury clothing essentials at reasonable prices. They have a wide variety of items, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and 14-karat gold jewelry. All of Quince's stuff is affordable. In fact, they're priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're able to do that because they partner directly with top factories. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash criminal for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash criminal to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash criminal. When did you first hear about Travel Coleman's case? Last, uh, this would have been April in 2022, I received an unusual email. Attorney Steve Zeidman. The man who had prosecuted Travel Coleman, ADA David Drucker, asked Steve to look into Travel's case. David Drucker told Steve that Travel's case hadn't turned out the way he had hoped. He was so, I think it's fair to say, distressed about having to even have first prosecuted Travel years ago. You know, he met Travel when Travel first walked into the precinct and confessed. And what he told me is he was hoping that he could convince the people above him to figure out some sort of a disposition that wouldn't involve Travell going to prison. But because there had been, and obviously it's a serious case, a life was taken, it's, you know, irreparable harm, uh, his bosses determined that, no, you had to go ahead, indict him for murder, and take the case to trial. And I, it, never, it clearly never sat well with him. So here we are, you know, 12 years later, him reaching out to me saying, what can you do to bring this man home? I mean, that, that, that's not something that ha- must happen every day, a prosecutor getting in touch. Mind-blowing. No, this, not only does it not happen, you know, in the course of doing this work, we reach out all the time to prosecutors. The original prosecutor who tried the case, the current elected DA, and it is beyond rare for us to get any kind of support when we reach out to them. So to have a prosecutor reach out to me, I nearly fell out of my chair. The New Yorker is called Steve Zeidman, quote, arguably New York's most well-known clemency lawyer. Will you explain what clemency is? Sure. Clemency is, it's an umbrella term. So there are two types of clemency. One is a pardon, and that's usually reserved for people who are home. And what that does is it erases the conviction, and it's usually for people facing something like deportation. Say they have an old conviction 20 years ago. And the only way to get out from under that is for a pardon, to erase the conviction. The work that I do is a different form of clemency. It's sentence commutations. And it's actually much more controversial because it's for people who are in prison. You're asking the governor, sometimes you're asking the president to commute the sentence and send somebody home. So you spend most of your time trying to reverse or change the course of, of an individual's fate, basically. That's right. And, and to me, this is perhaps the biggest problem with the criminal legal system. It, it's that once a sentence is imposed, there's an unwillingness to look back after five years, 10 years, 15 years and say, is the sentence that we imposed years ago, is it still necessary? Is it still just? Is it still appropriate? So that's what we're trying to do. That's what clemency allows you to do, is to say to the governor, uh, for example, someone serving 50 to life has been in for 30 years saying this is a remarkably different person, they've accepted responsibility, would you use your vast constitutional power to send them home? There's really no purpose served by them doing another 20 years. How hard is that? 
it's pushing a boulder up a hill. You know, the irony of clemency is that in every state, the governor has some version of it. New York, the clemency power here is vast and unfettered. I mean, there's no legislative involvement. There's no appeal. There's no prosecutor. There's no committee. The governor could sign off tomorrow and grant clemency, send home hundreds of people. I know she certainly has thousands of applications on her desk. And the frustrating part is that this power exists, and it exists for hundreds of years, and governors are reluctant to use it. That, that's the shame of it. Why did you want to become a clemency lawyer? So let's say someone got 50 life, even 15 to life. The trial's over. It's three or four years later. Their appeals are over, and they're left completely on their own. And if we want people to accept responsibility, we want them to, to genuinely feel and express remorse, to do everything they can to atone and repair, do we value it? Do we even recognize it? And that's what I began to experience. So many people who have done so much to become better, to grow, to transform, that's what motivates for me the clemency work. Unless and until we get some sort of second look legislation, some willingness to reconsider sentences once imposed, clemency is the only viable option. After David Drucker reached out, Steve Zeidman started reading about Travell Coleman's case. Had you ever heard of a case like that before where someone is turning themselves in? You know, I've heard of people turning themselves in, but it's usually soon thereafter the crime, or it's somebody who knows law enforcement is looking for them. So it's, you know, how much am I going to run, or I can't run anymore, I've had enough, they're going to find me eventually. This, what makes this entirely unique is that Travell was never a suspect in the first place. And now, all these years later, the case, you know, it wasn't just a cold case, it was I mean, it was dead and buried. It was frozen. There was no ongoing investigation. So, no, I've never experienced anything like someone coming forward 17 years after the fact. Again, when they weren't on the run, meaning no one was looking for them. It wasn't like detectives were calling. They were leaving letters at his family's house. None of that. So, no, this is absolutely extraordinary. So what happened next? Did you reach out to Travell? Um, Well, first I connected with the prosecutor and tried to get a sense of what his, you, you know, how invested was he? What was his office willing to do? And it turned out that what he said to me is, in the name of the district attorney, not just this individual, but they were willing to write a strong letter in support of clemency. So once I heard that, I went to meet Travell to see if, um, from his perspective, it's something he wanted to pursue. Um, and again, from my, my perspective, did it seem like this was going to be a good working relationship? And spending a couple hours with Travell, it was clear from my perspective that I was ready to go full speed ahead, and it uh, turns out so was he. Why did he tell you that he had turned himself in? You know, it, it's Travell told me that he was struggling to live with this for almost 20 years. I, I really think it's not an—this is what he said. It was agonizing. He just felt that there was something he had—a wrong he had to right. He had to face the music, and I know that's a cliché. But his conscience, it was overwhelming him. And I remember asking him, I said, Travell, you know, when you went to the precinct, did you have any expectation that you were coming home? And he paused for a moment and said, you know, honestly, no, no, which is a remarkable thing. I mean, who does that? Who would, who would walk into a precinct with the knowledge that the odds are that they're not going to see the light of day for decades? It, it's, I, remarkable doesn't even capture it. 
I mean, after spending more time with him, does it make more sense, his decision, just getting to know him and the type of person that he is? It does make sense when you get to know Travell, but I have to say it's still, it's still remarkable to me that somebody would do this. Most of us feel like we do something horribly wrong, regardless how horrible. You know, we try and put it behind us. We try and move forward years after, decades after. So there's sort of the you know, general how human beings act. But with Travell, yeah, you talk to Travell, it sort of makes sense. You know, and I think about some of the things that the prosecutor had said to me over the course of the uh, time that I was preparing the clemency application. He said, you know, with Travell, he never wavered. There was no attempt at spin. He didn't try and justify. He didn't try and excuse. He wasn't trying to cut a deal. You know, that's the other part of, I think, what captured so much of the, the prosecutor's uh, um, heart. You know, he said, I, there's nothing... There's no bitterness. I thought it was real interesting. He told me this, and I think he put it in his letter to the court as well, that while Travell was in city jail at Rikers Island, while his case was pending, the prosecutors are able to, um, which is a whole other story, listen in on phone calls. And he said it wasn't just to me and law enforcement that Travell was upfront about what he did. There was no bitterness in his phone calls to friends and family. He was explaining why he did it, that it was the right thing to do, that he was comfortable with his decisions. So there's, there's this remarkable, um, almost a serenity to him. In his letter included with Travell's clemency application, Prosecutor David Drucker wrote, Many defendants display remorse, but it is rarely clear how much they are sorry for their crime and how much they are sorry for getting caught. With Mr. Coleman, there is no doubt his remorse is as genuine as any I or others I have talked to have ever seen. A decision to release Mr. Coleman now would be a very safe as well as humane decision. On behalf of the New York County District Attorney's Office, I strongly urge you to do just that. The judge who presided over Travell's trial also sent Steve a letter to include. It began, In more than 34 years on the bench, I never previously submitted a letter in support of a clemency application. I enthusiastically do so now on behalf of Travell Coleman. He wrote about Travell turning himself in, In my experience, such an act of conscience is vanishingly rare. Steve Zeidman submitted Travell's clemency application in August of last year. And there's no timetable. And I know that's the hardest thing, not only on Travell, every family I've ever worked with, with clemency. As soon as I let them know the application is in, you can imagine, right? Weeks go by. Are we going to get a decision soon? Are we get, There's no timetable. So we submitted in a year ago. And I'm in touch with the governor's office, but has there been any decision one way or the other? Uh, no, it's just pending along with hundreds, if not thousands, of others. We'll be right back. Thanks to Progressive for their support. 
While you're listening to the show, maybe you're also doing something else. Driving, dishes, folding laundry. I listen when I go on walks. If you're not currently driving a car, you could also be getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. Save money right now from your phone. Drivers who switch to Progressive save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. You can get a quote for your car insurance at Progressive.com to join over the 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Thanks to 1Password for their support. It can be annoying to create so many new, unique passwords with arbitrary numbers, symbols, and letters every time we need one. And then once we've created one that works, we have to try to keep track of it and not reuse it anywhere else. And not choose anything that's easy to guess or remember. 1Password can take care of all of that for you. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. It uses industry-leading security to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. With 1Password, you just need to remember one strong account password that protects everything else. It's a great way to keep things organized and private, so you'll no longer need to keep tabs on a bunch of long, convoluted passwords or reuse the same one ever again. Join the millions of users and over 100,000 businesses who trust 1Password's award-winning password manager. Right now, our listeners get a free two-week trial for you and your family at onepassword.com slash criminal. That's the number one, password.com slash criminal for two free weeks. Onepassword.com slash criminal. But how does the case rise to the top when there's thousands sitting there? Yeah. How does a case suddenly capture the governor's attention or the governor's clemency staff's attention and what makes something rise to the top is, uh, from my perspective, it's unknowable. You know, it's what can you find that is so unique? What can you point to? And you know, one of the challenges that I think, I mean, for everybody who's seeking clemency, people inside and their families, is how do we compel governors, presidents to use this power? And, and I say that because it's been cast, and I say it, it's clemency has been cast as an act of mercy. And so typically it's, doled out December 24th or right before the new year, and you'll see these statements from governors, you know, consistent with the spirit of the holidays, et cetera, et cetera. And that, I think, is part of the problem because to me it's not mercy. It should be more of an obligation. You know, it's a way to rectify the crisis of mass incarceration. And if we could get to a place where governors believe that or their staff believed it, then I don't think we'd have to struggle with how do we make this one person so unique as opposed to saying, look, we know that there are far too many people in this country serving life and de facto life sentences, and we need to rectify. So that, to me, is that's the challenge, both for Travell and for everybody else I've ever worked with. You know, how do I somehow persuade a governor that this is the right thing to do beyond trying to make the case that someone is so unique and so exceptional? And having said that, Travell is the so unique, so exceptional. And frankly, you know, I do worry about that. You worry about setting a bar ridiculously high. 
The governor says, I'm granting clemency to Travell. Absolutely the right thing. Is the message there that this is who it's reserved for, someone who turns themselves in 17 years later, someone who has a letter of support from the prosecutor and the judge? If that's the case, then there aren't going to be a lot of clemency grants. It's always felt to me this idea of the governor sitting down on Christmas Eve to grant clemency to be sort of a on the, on a whim, you know, kind of just a gesture and and rather rather pat. I mean, you know, really belittling this incredibly serious serious situation for someone's life. You know, who's going to who's the governor going to decide because it's Christmas that they're going to let out of jail. You know, it's always felt to me very odd and strange. Yes, someone once said to me that they think the history of clemency grants on Christmas Eve is sort of a version of the pardons of turkeys on Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. You know, yeah, and it's comical, and you're exactly right. It's such a vast power, and it's so necessary. Look, I'm trying to be optimistic. Uh, Governor Hochul mentioned, I think it was last December, that she was committed to ongoing clemency, rolling clemency, not just this Christmas Eve grant to one or two people. And last April, a few people did have their sentences commuted. I'm hoping that's a harbinger of things to come. Um, We'll see. What will happen if he, if Travell isn't granted clemency? People have said to me, well, you know, you get so many letters, people serving 50 to life who've got 20 years to go before they're eligible for parole. Travell, on the other hand... He'll see the parole board in two or three years. And stating at the outset, you know, two or three years in state prison is still two or three years in state prison. What that also overlooks is when he gets to that 15-year term, right, the 15 to life that he's serving, he'll see the parole board. It's far from a guarantee of release. And in fact, the parole board, like most parole boards across the country, are notorious for denying parole over and over to people who are convicted of violent crime. In 2016, the New York Times called the New York parole system a, quote, hurried, often chaotic procedure, and said that it was run like an assembly line. They found people arguing their cases in front of the board usually had less than 10 minutes to do so. And while each person was speaking, the board members would often be reading through materials for their next interview. The Times found that the parole board hadn't been fully staffed for years. They also found that black men were less likely to be granted parole than white men were. And 90% of all violent offenders, regardless of race, were denied parole after their first appearance before the board. There's no guarantee that when he hits that 15-year mark, he's coming home. It could be 16, 17, 20, 25, 35. It could be his natural life. So I'm, I'm very worried. Do you think you should get out early? I mean, do you... Do you think you've done your time? You know, that you've come to grips with what you did that night and I mean I guess you've been living with it for your whole life whether you've been in here or not I mean I'm not I, I can't I can't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm the one to to that should say that I've that I've that I've done enough time you know what I mean do I do I feel like you know I, I I've come to grips with it 
you know, I, I kind of, I, I, I do, I realize it all the time. I realized it, you know, for for years now. You know what I mean? Like I said, that's what, that's what I mean. I mean, it's all in God's hands, man. Have you ever regretted confessing? Nah. Nah, I haven't. Nah, because I, I really, I really just thought that 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 confession would just help help something. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't sure what. I just knew something would come of it. You know, so I, I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all because I just think that it had to be done. Travell's daughter is now 24, and his sons are 19. He talks to them on the phone whenever he can. You know, they, they, they got too busy for me, you know what I mean, all of a sudden. But, you know, I, I speak to them. I speak to them for the most part. Do they understand what you did? Yeah, yeah. my, my daughter's a little bit older. You know, we kind of, you know, that, that's my little chum. We grew up, you know, kind of together, you know. So she, she... She definitely understood, you know, my sons, they were a little younger, you know what I mean? So as they got older, they started, you know, they were they were kind of resentful at first, you know. But I think as they got older, you know, they start, you know, and, and they're going through life and they see that as, you know, men, we have to, you know, and people in general, we have to be responsible for what we do, you know. So... You know, I think they're understanding that more and more, you know. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to just this interaction with, with, with my family again, you know, just being 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 out there. I really just I'm really looking forward to being a part of my adult children's lives. You know what I mean? Because they were babies, they were just young, you know what I'm saying? So I just I just feel like I just want to be in their lives, you know, as 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 adults and me interacting with them and you know, I already I already can tell that I'm gonna enjoy enjoy that very much. is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Katie Bishop is our supervising producer. Our producers are Susanna Robertson, Jackie Sajiko, Lily Clark, Lena Sillison, Sam Kim, and Megan Kinane. This episode was mixed by Veronica Simonetti. Engineering by Russ Henry. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each episode of Criminal. You can see them at thisiscriminal.com. And you can sign up for our newsletter at thisiscriminal.com slash newsletter. We hope you'll join our new membership program, Criminal Plus. Once you sign up, you can listen to Criminal episodes without any ads and get a bonus episode each month. To learn more, go to thisiscriminal.com slash plus. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Criminal Show and Instagram at criminal underscore podcast. We're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash criminal podcast. 
Criminal is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Discover more great shows at podcast.voxmedia.com. I'm Phoebe Judge. This is Criminal. Thanks to Progressive for their support. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who switch to Progressive save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.